Well, this isn't part of my message, but I'm going to go ahead and give this because this is what God was giving me about five minutes ago. Don't break this. Just keep in this presence. Don't break this. I was sensing the Lord was telling me about five minutes ago when I was standing over here. This is a word for this church. This isn't another word that I'll take to another church. This is a specific word for New Hope right here, right now. You've lost sight of why this church was even put in this area in the first place. You need to go back and revisit the vision of what and why you were put here in the first place in this area. You go through days and months and years just doing church. But you need to now go back and revisit why you were even put here, why you were established, why you were planted in this area for the first place. Why were you put here? What was the vision? What was the reason? Go back to the reason of why this place was even put here in the first place. Now I want to tell you, I have no idea what the answer to that is. I don't know why this church was put here in the first place. I don't know why it was planted here. I don't know what the purpose was. I don't know what the vision was. But I'm sure some of you do. I'm sure Pastor Steve has an, an inkling of what it was, <laughs> right? Yes. You need to start revisiting why you were put here in the first place and start going back and doing that. Don't just do church. Just don't do it just to come on Sundays, but come and fulfill the vision of why you were put here in the first place. What was the vision that was cast out when you guys first got here? What was it? Gather, grow, and go. What was the heart of the reason why this church was put right on this land? The reason why you were put right here in this area. It's time to start revisiting why you were put here. And start doing the vision of why you were put in this area. Well, I hope that, I hope that got somebody this morning. Amen. Yeah, yes. You may be seated. Well, if you just, uh, if you're happy that you're saved, would you just give them one more clap? Come on. Well, everybody, it was, it's, it's good to be back with you guys. I want to share with you some stuff that's been happening on the road, and, and we're going to get into this morning's message. Um, I want to share a healing testimony with you because at the end we're going to be praying for people who have physical, mental, emotional needs and we're going to believe that God's going to meet you. Can you be in agreement with that this morning? But I want to share a healing testimony with you about a, a young lady that we prayed with last June. We were at a church in Dubois, Pennsylvania. Uh, Dubois is probably about, what, an hour from here? Something like that. And this young lady, she came to church. She was a, a, a young mother, had a few little kids. 
and the doctor had told her that the chemo isn't working for you, the radiation isn't working for you. She had stage four breast cancer, and anybody that's ever known anybody that has dealt with that, they tell you that that's a death sentence. They really can't do anything for stage four. And um, this young lady, she came to church that morning. The doctors had told her the breast cancer, uh, the cancer had gone into her liver and throughout all of her bones, and she had over 50 brain tumors on her brain, tiny little brain tumors. And they had sent her home because they said the chemo and the radiation wasn't working. So she came to church that morning, and she was extremely frail. Hardly anything left of her. And uh, we prayed with her that morning. This was last June. And we had told her to keep in touch with us to let us know how she was doing. And she had contacted us just a few months later at the end of September of 22. And she had gone back to the Cleveland Clinic, who also was the same ones that told her to go home, make plans. There's nothing else we can do for you. And she went back to the doctors. They gave her a full body MRI and a full body PET scan. And they said that there was not one trace of cancer in her body. These were, these were the same doctors that told her that this is it, the chemo and the radiation isn't working. She had asked her doctor, who was a female doctor, at the Cleveland Clinic, out of the thousands of patients you've seen, how many of you have ever seen anybody come back with something like this, with a report? She said, out of all the years I've been doing this, I've never seen one person ever come back with a report like what you got. This is nothing but a miracle. How many know that God's still doing those things? Come on. You know, it, it, it's good to hear these stories. It's good to hear about these kind of miracles. But man, God wants to do those kind of miracles in your life this morning, too. And I think it's so hard sometimes for us to hear about other people's stories and other people's life things that they have happened to them where God shows up and meets them. And then we think sometimes, does God really want to do that with me? Absolutely He does. Come on, are you in agreement with that this morning? God wants to do these kind of things in everybody's life this morning. We have to be willing to see those kind of things happen this morning, though. Amen? We had had a, a lady we had prayed for. It was, uh, this was two years ago. Uh, a lady had came forward to get prayed for, and she had, for 26 years, had non-epileptic seizures. Every day she would have a seizure. And she was on medication to try to control it, and even the medication wasn't working. And this church was a Lighthouse Assembly of God in New Holland, Pennsylvania. And she came forward, she got prayed for, and she just contacted us last month. She said after two years of us praying with her, she's still to this day seizure-free. And the doctor said, there's no reason for you to be on these three or four medications. They're not even they were never even doing anything for you in the first place. <laughs> two years, after 26 years of having seizures, just, just like that. Well, how many know that God can do those things this morning? Well, let me ask you, are you guys ready to hear a message this morning that's, that's going to help you get, hopefully, to the next level if you want to? Amen. How many know that getting to the next level has more to do with individuals sometimes than it does with the whole group? Yes. But sometimes when we do this thing together, 
as a church, I believe that God is ready to do some things. Can you be in agreement with that this morning? So if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open up to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. This is a message that God gave me a few months back while I was standing in my kitchen. And before I knew it, it had everything written out and it was all done. Those are the kind of messages you like. Amen. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. This morning we're going to be talking about the power of gathering. The power of gathering. I believe that the church has lost sight, has lost value in the whole reason why we do this thing that's called church. Did you hear what I said this morning? A lot of people go to church just because that's the thing to do. A lot of people have made it a habit of where they don't even do church anymore. There's a lot of people that watch online. And they don't want to be a part of the local church. Be part of the local body of Christ. So let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. When you're there, say there. And this is what it says. Do not give up meeting together. Now notice what it says there. It says, do not stop meeting together. How many know that there are many people who don't go to church because they've started making it a habit of not going? There are people who do not meet together. They, they could care less about going to church on Sunday or Sunday night or Wednesday night. They just don't do it. How many know that that's never been God's plan for the body of Christ? That's never been God's plan for the people who are supposed to be part of the church. Part of the local body of Christ. See, it's more than just coming and sitting and listening to a message and being out the door within an hour. Oh, come on now. I know that I stepped on some feet because I hear everybody getting real quiet on me right now. Look what it says. Not giving up meeting together. Listen, there are churches all across this nation that are low in attendance. My friends, I've been to churches that used to run five, six, seven hundred people and they're lucky if they're pulling in 70 or 80 right now. And these are some of the largest churches I had ever been in. People have made it a habit. People have made some other excuse of why they can't be part of the church. Why they can't be part of a local body. Look what he says here. He says, not giving up meeting together. There are people who refuse to meet in church because they say, I don't need church. I don't need to be part of a local church. I don't need to have a pastor. I don't need any of this stuff. And I want to tell you, when we have that mindset, when we have that mentality, the church suffers for it. And guess what? Those who do those things, they also suffer for it. Because they're not part of a church that will help them through life. That will help them in this journey that we call this Christian walk. 
Listen, I believe that God wants us to start experiencing the power of gathering. Amen? Look what he goes on there and says, Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. How many know that people have made it a habit not being part of a church anymore? Not being part of a local body of Christ? See, this has never been God's plan for the church. It's never been part of God's plan for the body of Christ, for individuals who call themselves Christians. This has never been part of God's plan. Look what he says. Some have made this a habit. You know, when COVID happened, it was one of the greatest excuses for people not to go to church anymore. Those who used to go faithfully decided I now can watch it from the comforts of my home on the couch and never leave. It says that some have made it a habit. How many know that they say usually when you do something only once or twice or even a third time, you've already started to make it a habit. Just one or two, three, one, two, three times of doing something, you are already in the habit of doing something. So therefore, people make it a habit of not becoming part of the church, becoming part of the local body of Christ. A few months back, I was preaching this, this message in a church in Harrisburg, and there was two morning services, an 8.30 and a 10.30, and I preached this message on the 8.30 service, and I pointed right into the camera, and I said, you need to quit making excuses and get yourself to church. As soon as I was done preaching that message in the 8.30 service, this guy walked up to me right before the 10.30 service. And he walked up to me, and he says, I was the guy you were talking to in the camera. He says, I was sitting at home on the couch in my underwear, and I hurried up and got myself dressed, jumped in my minivan, and got here as quick as I could. <laughs> How many know that sometimes we need a little bit of conviction? And listen, the best place to get convicted is coming to church, right? <laughs> now, we need the conviction of the Holy Spirit, don't we? What it goes on there it says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Listen, there are people who don't go to church who are probably watching right now from online at home. You need to quit making that a habit and be part of the local church. If you're watching from another state, then you go to a local church there. But if you are right here in New Mine or within the uh, 10, 15 minutes from here, there's no reason why you can't be part of the local church. That's what God has for you. And for those who are sitting here this morning, you might be someone who comes to church, but are you actually tapping into the power of why we even gather together? Take a look at Acts chapter 4, verse 31. When you're there, say there. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. This is what it says. After they prayed. We could just stop there for a second. 
It says, after they prayed. Do you know most churches in America don't even pray anymore? Come on, think about that. I want to tell you, my friends, I've been in probably close to five to 600 churches in the last 11 years. It's very hard, very rare to see a church even pray in the beginning, in the middle, or even at the end. When the early church, all they were doing was praying. Listen, I want to tell you, a church that is praying together, when they get together, I believe you're going to see things happening by the Holy Spirit. Ooh, yes. Amen. When a church is praying together, you're going to see things happening. The reason why the church doesn't see anything happening is because we don't like to pray. We don't like to pray as a church. The church in America just does not like praying. We want to see all these supernatural results, but we, want, we don't want to do what it takes to see the supernatural results. I have a pastor friend. He took over a church that had 50 people. And within a few months, it jumped, Becky, from 50 people to 300 within about three to four months. That pastor said that if it wasn't for him and a few people praying, they don't believe that they would have ever seen that jump from 50 to 100. So he wanted to take the church to do something different than any other church was doing. They started off praying every Sunday morning for anywhere from a half hour to 45 minutes. You know what happened to my pastor friend? He got fired. This is the reason why he got fired. They said, you pray too much. You want the church to stand here and pray for 30 minutes to 45 minutes. So we're letting you go. Now the whole reason they incorporated that church from Rome from 50 to 300 was because of prayer. See, my friends, it's sad when the church can't see or realize that when we get together, we need to be praying more than what we've ever done before. Yes. Look what it goes on there. It says, after they prayed... The place where they were meeting was shaken. Now, I'm pretty sure probably about a half hour ago, yeah. off to the side here, I heard a young lady say, God, I want to see us be shaken. Mm. I want to see us be shaken for you. Yes. She didn't even know what I was going to preach this morning. That's right. <laughs> see, that's the problem that lies when we get to church. We refuse to be shaken. We refuse to go through the things that it takes to get us to the next level of stuff. We don't like to be shaken. We like to keep things just the way they are. How many know that God wants to shake you up this morning? How <laughs> oh, yeah. many know that doing church just the same old way isn't going to get it done? Yep. The word goes on there and says. After they were meeting, where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Boldly. Listen, when we get together, we should be getting so encouraged, mm -hmm. so edified, mm -hmm. 
that we are being filled with the Spirit of God. Yes. Continually. Yes. And not only being filled with the Spirit of God continually, but we should also be getting bold in our faith. Yes. So there's so if I was to ask this question right now, what was the last time you witnessed to somebody? When was the last time you were you evangelized to somebody? Let me see show of hands all across this room. If it's been within the last week, raise your hand. I got about three, four hands. I may know that if we come to church, we should be continually being filled with the Spirit, and there should be a boldness that rises up in us by the meeting and gathering together, the encouragement that comes by meeting in Jesus' name and the power of the Holy Spirit. These are, this is where this power of gathering comes. When we tap into this stuff, we, can, we should be getting bold when we meet together. We should be getting filled with the Spirit to be able to go through one more week. But if we miss out on prayer, if we don't truly understand the reason why we get together, we don't understand that there's power from the Holy Spirit, and why we even get together in his name in the first place. We'll continue going through life's problems. And not really learning a thing from it. Take a look at 1 Corinthians 14 verse 26. And when you're there, say there. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 26. When you're there, say there. What then, brothers, when you come together, we're talking about the power of gathering. Look what it says there. When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation. Let all these things be done for the building up. Isn't that what the writer of Hebrews said? Yep. The whole reason why we get together is to build one another up. Mm-hmm. There's a petition. A petition. Oh, man, I can't even get the word Participation. Participation. Yes. It happens when we get together, and it has to do with God's people. Mm. You know, I noticed once or twice during the worship service where there was a message in tongues that was out there. You could feel it. You could sense it. But it was never given. There was a prophetic word that was out there. You could feel it. You could sense it in the spirit realm. But it was never given. These are the reasons why God's people get together is so that we can be used in the body of Christ to build one another up when we get together. Look what it says there. When you come together, when you meet together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all these things be done for the building up. I want to ask you this morning, are you being used in the body of Christ when you get together? When God gives you a word of knowledge, a revelation, a tongue, Mm -hmm. an interpretation, a prophecy, maybe a spiritual psalm, maybe God just has made you a psalmist, and words come flowing out of you. Do you do that that the body of Christ can get built up off of? 
or do you sit on it and don't do nothing with it? Are you being used this morning? Is the body of Christ being benefited by you sitting here? You see, God wants to use each and every one of you in this room this morning. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. Paul writes this to the Corinthians because there was some immorality that was going on in the church there. And when he decided to correct the immorality that was going on, this is how he decided to say it. I love how he presents this. Look what it says there. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. I'm reading this from the New King James Version. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many know that there's power to bring conviction in Jesus' name? Here there was people that was in sexual immorality. And he was saying, even though Paul wasn't present, Jesus was. Because they were gathered in his name. How many know that when we gather in his name, it brings power? It brings conviction. I want to ask you this morning, do you feel convicted this morning? That you're not using your spiritual gifts in the body of Christ. Do you feel convicted this morning that you haven't been tapping into the power of meeting together in his name? Do you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit this morning? <clears throat> My friends, there's more than just coming to church than just sitting here. Did you hear what I said this morning? It's more than just coming and sitting. It's more than just coming and listening for an hour. Or an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it may be. There's reasons why God's people get together. And I want to tell you, probably less than half of the church in America is really tapping into the whole reason why church is even a church. We've made it a more of a social club and a social gathering than we actually have what the biblical meaning really is. Are you ready to break out of that mold? Are you ready to break out of that statistic this morning? Yes. Because God has given gifts to the church, and you're part of that gift. Are you using your spiritual gifts that others will be built up and edified? Do you realize the power that comes from meeting in his name? Do you realize the power of the Holy Spirit when we get together for healing, for deliverance, for salvation, for the building up of the body of Christ?
want to ask you this morning, would you just stand to your feet with me? And I'll ask the Lord to come to the keyboard real quick this morning. Would you just lift your hands up to him real quickly? Would you just begin to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what your spiritual gifts are this morning and why you're part of this local church. Are you being used in the body of Christ here? Are you being used in church services? In tongues, interpretation, prophecy, revelation. I want you to ask God this morning, what can you bring to the table? When you get together, what is your part? What is your gifting that you can bring to the table when we get together on Sunday morning? On Wednesday night? seconds to say Holy Spirit I need the conviction to who I am in this body and what my giftings are have I been used am I being used in the body Lift your voice. 
Spirit to move among you. 